0: This is the official Caps Shirt Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with another incredible episode of the Official Caps Shirt Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. As always, on Monday we'll be talking about the league news, which is somewhat more exciting than the week in review that we'll be discussing for the Washington Capitals. If you're an OG, you knew that. If you're new, thanks for being here at this tumultuous time (laughs) for the Washington Capitals. All right, let's pop some tabs and get right into it. One, two, three. Ooh, getting a double tab pop today. Caps fans, some league news. The Bruins have won their sixty-third game of the season on Sunday against the Flyers. That's a five-three win that they secured and also secured their spot in NHL history. In the same game, Pasternak got his 60th goal off a hat trick. That game. Uh, hey, you know when things are good, they're good. Apparently, in Boston, the Bruins are facing some injury trouble though, uh, as Bergeron, P- McAvoy, or Love former cap, and Olmark are all out along with Taylor Hall as he was scratched for precautionary reasons following 20 games on the shelf with a lower body injury. Look, like I said, 63 games was going to be what they needed for me to pay respects to him. They have two games left in the hopper, and they could easily win those and just blow the lid off this record. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not looking like, I'm not sure if they're going to get the points, but overall wins in the 82 game season, rather than the 80 game season, the Canadians did it in, uh, incredible. This team is an absolute wagon. I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter who gets injured. It Patrice Bergeron was out. Charlie McAvoy, Orlov, their goalie, Olmark, um, Taylor Hall. This team's rolling. Let's see what they can do in the playoffs. It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, I do kind of want them to complete this historical season with a Stanley cup. So I'm kind of bandwagoning them if anybody's asking or gives a shit, but it'll be interesting to see. We'll be following it all the way through. Stamkos did play his 1000th game. That's crazy. You look at the, the in, injuries that Steven Stamkos has taken. I'll never forget him hitting his shin pad against the goal post uh, as the, as the net came like unmoored even. And literally just snapped it in half. His, his lower leg. That was crazy. Uh, Went on to win back-to-back cups. What a career. Thousandth game. This is a guy that they thought was going to replace Ovi and be that guy, but that was not the case. Even though he has had quite a good career and probably is eyeing up an easy hall of famer uh, right here. So cool. Another hall of famer, Sidney Crosby. You know, I hate to give him props, but 1,500 points—the guy's working on a 91-point season. I guess congrats to Sidney Crosby. Uh, it's definitely a, a, a milestone. I think there's like less than 50 players in the league that have that have achieved it. So, uh, absolutely a rare a rarity to watch 1,500 points. Good for him. Luke Hughes signed a three-year entry-level contract and joins the Devils. They're saying this kid's going to see some ice time this season. He played two seasons at the University of Michigan, uh, whose, whose season ended with a 5-2 to two loss to Quinnipiac in the Frozen Four. Quinnipiac won uh, 10 seconds into overtime against Minnesota in the Frozen Four, four Finals, 3-2. to two. Hard-working two-on-one is what finished the game. College Frozen Four is something uh, I'd love to go see one time, uh, but it was in Tampa this year in, in Amelie Arena, and I couldn't make it out. But I do believe it's in Pennsylvania at some point next year uh even so it moves around congrats to Quinnipiac for winning the Frozen Four and it's been a while since they've been in there and uh interesting to see who's coming off of those rosters to go either into the draft and prepare for that or in Luke Hughes case going straight to the Devils and joining them so the brothers should be reunited there and we'll see uh we'll see how how it all works as they as they as the devils prepare for a for a deep playoff run. <clears throat> Speaking of college hockey though, Fantinelli did win the Hobie Baker Award, which is the top NCAA hockey player. He played for Michigan and is looking to get number go number 2 overall in this year's draft. He led the nation in scoring for Michigan, who is bounced in the semis by the eventual champ Quinnipiac. So there's your NCAA news for the for the time being uh I heard it was an amazing event uh, I saw some of the people that I know on Twitter are, are are there so I hope it was an awesome time uh definitely had to be a crazy environment and you're in Florida like Tampa like how how good can it get for these guys that are playing in this tournament you know getting done win or lose and going to, going out on and out going out on a night in the town in Tampa I'll take it there was an injury, some reports that we have to make. Kaprasov, and it's not an actual injury, but it's a return. Kaprasov uh, made his return sun, Saturday against the Blues for the Wild, who are looking to, again, you know, they're, they're down the stretch, looking to make a statement in the playoffs. He took 20 minutes of ice time and had three shots on goals, but nothing else. But in any case, I'm sure that the Minnesota Wild are happy to have Kaprasov back. There's some suspension news, mostly fines. Uh, pins actually all fines, pins defenseman Mark Friedman fined 2K for diving. That makes sense. Kalorn uh, fined 5K for slashing, and Fox was also fined 5K for slashing, as the league obviously is trying to eliminate these, uh, these stick infractions getting out of hand, especially when... The physical side of the game is being cut down to, you know, mostly perfectly lined up body checks, and clutch and grab is is definitely no more a part of the game. So, Capstones, you know, I hope you're doing okay out there. The Washington Capitals have nothing to play for, and you know, we're it's a it's a very trying time, if you will, for the fan base in the sense that none of these games matter. We're probably not going to see many call-ups because Hershey and and the Stingrays are both on their way to a playoff run, which should go and hopefully goes deep. Uh, So really not a lot of things to talk about other than, you know, the games that we miserably attempted. And, uh, you know, there is other viewing on TV. So as you may know, the Masters has been on. And from tea to green, the best place to get to go to go to get all in on the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook this week. New customers will receive an odds boost to add plus one thousand to any pregame wager up to ten dollars on any golfer to win. For example, if you are a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus one thousand odds. DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot and even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. Kapka's been leading all weekend. He gave up some strokes and it looks like it's it was somebody else's, so... Hope you guys got some bets in and, uh, you know, golf is uh, in full swing. So I'm definitely looking forward to watching and uh, obviously playing a bunch. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code THPN to boost your odds during this week's tournament. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800 877 I'm sorry, 800 327 5050, or visit gamblinghelpma.org in New York. Call 8778 Hope New York, or Hope in or text Hope ny Y 467 369 in Kansas. Call 1 800 522 477 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas City. 21 in most eligible states, but areas by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Woof, that was a lot. All right, I'm saying we talk some Washington rap around here and the Washington Capitals. I don't have the sound teed up. I'm trying to get it. No, it's just being a bitch. All right. <laughs> Sorry, we will talk about the Washington Capitals right now. Just a quick update on some agency free agency signings. Mitchell Gibson did end up getting one year ELC, so that's good for him. Uh, glad to see it. He'll probably report to Hershey uh, when he's ready. He's obviously finishing up everything at Harvard and will be with the with the new club soon. The Washington Capitals week was absolutely terrible. No wins. We are on a six-game losing streak. And I honestly, Caps fans, don't see that ending until the end of the season. As a matter of fact, I don't see the Washington Capitals winning another game this entire season. And honestly, it doesn't really matter. If anything, all of the Tank for Bedard fans are 100% on board with this. Just so you know, the lower a team finishes in the standings, the higher the percentage that they'll get picked get that one overall pick from there it falls in on how you finish the season so finishing you know from a business standpoint from a player pick standpoint from a draft pick seeding standpoint the best thing the washington capitals can do for the club is for the club's chances especially next year is lose out and not win another game Um, I think the guys have a little bit more pride than that. They definitely go into every game wanting to win and I'm sure they definitely wanted to win. And this, this week we saw a good effort against Florida, but not against Montreal. And I wouldn't say that overall the play has been terrible, but we're definitely not finishing the chances that we were given. And we're, uh, you know, You can tell that when the players say that things are harder right now in this point of the season when there's nothing to play for, you can absolutely tell that that's the case. So on the 6th, we played at Montreal, tough barn to play in, and absolutely laid an egg as a 6-2 loss. The Caps seemed to start this game great. They scored the first goal off of a Dylan Strone rip and then went into the second with a 1-0 lead. I left. I I stopped watching and I, you know, did some other stuff came back and looked at the score and just went and just started laughing. It was like 3-1, 4-1 at the end, by the time I came back, which was like a 20-minute span and probably 10, 15 minutes into the second period. You know, uh, the rest of the game after the first was an absolute shit show. Caps gave up two shorthanded goals early in the second. And Montreal didn't stop scoring. There were four goals for them in the second frame alone. Backstrom did score a power play goal late in the third, but Armia got the empty netter. And then, just to add insult to injury, the Habs scored one more off of, uh, you know, Mike Hoffman at the end of the game with the goalie in, with Kemper in. So, (laughs) nightmare fuel game. Really terrible. Hate to fucking see it, but is the reality nonetheless. Um, And While it's an embarrassing game, the Caps really just had probably like a 15-minute spat where they were just absolutely deplorable, terrible, basement-level, light-the-dumpster-on-fire-and-shoot-it-into-the-sun type of period, and the Habs took advantage of it. That's what happens when you play teams that are okay, I guess. I mean, the Habs are outside looking in too. They're probably not going to be looking at a at a playoff spot, but uh just a terrible, terrible game. Unreal, bad. What can you do at this point? I think that after the second, the boys just wanted to get the get the game over with and get home. Which takes us to our home game on the 8th versus Florida. It was a 4 to 2 loss. OV was out with an upper body injury. Beck Malenstein got in. You know, there's still people injured on our roster. TJ Oshi still out. Um, you know, it's 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 been a revolving door of injuries. We knew that. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. Is Ovi just like trying to say, I don't want to play <laughs> in the last three games? I don't blame him. I'd like to see him try to score a couple goals which is really the only thing we have to root for right now. But um, if it's going to ri- if it's truly even a nagging injury, why not sit him? These games mean nothing. Let him sit. He'll score some goals, we hope, in the next couple seasons. With Ovi being out, though, it was nice to see Beck Malenstein getting a little bit more uh, NHL time. Who knows what that guy's future is. He, two years ago, was going to make the squad, was was heavily touted as a guy who was going to be part of the NHL roster. Fucking tore his Achilles tendon. That is a crazy injury. Obviously, if you've ever seen the movie Hostel, you know how crazy, how, how important your Achilles tendon is to just standing upright. And uh, I just think uh, he really got dealt a, a crappy hand. It's good to see him up. He's got a couple NHL points, including a goal and assist. So, love to see it. But uh, at the same time, you know, with Ovi's salary cap not counting towards that one, uh, towards towards the roster, might as well bring somebody up. And honestly, Beck is not a high-scoring guy in the AHL, though he does serve a purpose as like a grinder and has some speed uh, up in the NHL. So, that's who they chose to bring up. You know, I really liked his game before he was going to, before he sustained that Achilles injury and, you know, who knows what next year looks like, but he's a 25 year old AHLer. usually at that age, they kind of figure it out and say like, either I'm going to double down on my hockey career. Or I'm going to go get like a real job. And it was a great run. So who knows exactly where he's going to be. And, you know, there are those guys who are just career AHLers as well. So. He might sign another few years and keep living the dream. I think if I were him, I would too, uh, even if it isn't Hershey, like playing pro hockey at twenty-five years old. That sounds fun. Anyways, onto the onto the Florida game. Florida scored a couple times, ways waved off each time, uh, through review until the second where Strome was in perfect position to get two chances at a rebound to make it one nothing. Uh caps again, looking good, you know. Uh a caught two different breaks with two waved-off goals in the first and then come out and score score the first goal. It's uh, a drastic improvement over the previous games in this current losing streak, uh, though it ultimately didn't matter in the end, unfortunately, because we couldn't string the rest of the game together. Verhage, the proclaimed Capitals killer, Scores from no man's land when and then Eckbald followed a rebound for a wide open net. But the Caps answered after the second goal with a Sheary to St. Thomas connection to even it up. It was a great play to see. Uh Tom Wilson barreling to the net all alone and, and Connor Sheary just putting a perfect pass on his tape. Unfortunately, though, Kachuk scored with a minute left after a failed clear by Lindgren, ended up behind him, and then they scored the empty netter. That six straight Locks, losses and I guess, you know, hashtag tank for Redard is in full effect. I thought this game, the Caps played much better against a much more powerful team. Uh, the Caps or the Panthers goalie, lion is writing is a six game winning streak uh, as a call up. The kid's on fire. So he was tough to solve. The cap, the cap's at least let Ing- Lingren play, which is probably the best part of this. And we saw Beck Malenstein, no Ovi, which also, which kind of sucked. And the the ultimate cherry on top is it fucked the Penguins over. So I'm not even that mad at this uh, this loss here. Looking at the playoff picture, Florida plays the Leafs and the Canes in, in the last two games. New York plays the Islanders play the caps and the habs in their last two games and then wait till you hear who Pittsburgh has to play chicago and columbus. Now, Pittsburgh's one point outside looking in. So, they have to win out to have a, or at least win and then maybe force an overtime to even get close. Uh and honestly, so do the Panthers and the Islanders if we're going to talk about Pittsburgh losing And winning, or I mean missing the the playoffs this year, which would put I, I believe it's a 14, 16 consecutive seasons in which they've made the playoffs. So I would absolutely love to see that streak end. You know, Caps fans, you know that the Washington Capitals aren't going to make the playoffs, so you have to make the best of your hockey viewing experience right now. And for me, that involves the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, not making the playoffs in the last spot because then they would get the absolute worst draft pick out of all of them that didn't make the playoffs. I've I've heard some people say, oh, well, it'd be great to see the Pittsburgh Penguins who bought and were buyers at the deadline, though meek buyers, if you will, Uh, you know, it'd be great to see them make the playoffs and then get swept in round one and whatnot. But I would rather see them just not make the playoffs. And, you know, thank Hextall for all of that shrewd movement at the deadline that I'm sure a lot of Penguins fans wanted but did not get um, for anything big, right? So, they still gave up assets and they still didn't make the playoffs. The Washington Capitals, on the other hand, sold all their assets and got draft picks in return. So, they returned on guys who were not going to be returning after next season anyways, or after this season anyways. So, um ultimately there's another reason and that's because I have a bet with Nick Berlansky of the tip of the iceberg podcast that I've lost for two years in a row and I don't want him to uh, get the hat trick if the, Penguins make the playoffs in any way, shape, or form. He automatically wins. The bet is that the Washington Capitals, every year I make this, will go deeper than the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs. The past two years, I've lost it by one fucking game and have been very, very upset about that. So, yeah. A lot of personal axes to grind this season for me. But for you, who aren't degenerate gamblers... It's still nice to see the Pittsburgh Penguins failed. I mean, come on, this is, this is, we're Caps fans here. We can all talk honestly. So all that to say, Florida needs to win at least one game, if not two, and and maybe an overforce and overtime, overtime loss, you know, all the points matter. It's going to be a three-way race down to the end. Uh, I think that the last game will matter in the NHL season for all of those three teams, Florida, Pittsburgh and the Islanders. So again, stress-free, stress-free hockey. That's, that's what we're, that's really what we got to hammer down on Caps fans. We're watching hockey stress-free. The Washington Capitals, they can lose and that's a good thing. They can win and that's a good thing. But right now, and the overwhelming uh, idea is that if the Washington Capitals do win or lose out, that is probably the best thing. So, keep that in mind. You know, you look back on this season and reminisce. And in December, we were riding high, had a great December. Things are looking good. Then Wilson and Backstrom come back, and it's like the cork was let out of out of the bathtub there, right? Like the the stopper was let out of the drain of the bathtub, and just everything went down the fucking drain. Is it those two guys' fault? No. I can't – the Washington Capitals have a lot of different problems. So I think that we need to come to grips with – there are many things that can be true about why the Washington Capitals failed. They had personnel issues all season. I think that was a huge part. Lots of injuries. Injuries upon injuries upon injuries that we still have. TJ Oshie is still out. You know, Ovechkin now out. These guys just need an offseason to heal, which will be longer. And nobody likes a long offseason. So maybe they're going to have some time to golf, maybe they're going to have some time to hang out, but they also need to take their health seriously and come back 100%. There's no excuse next season. And the promise that was made by Leonsis to Ovechkin is for this team to be competitive as long as he's here. I think that that is 100% in the books. I think that the team is working for that. I don't think the Washington Capitals are as bad as their record indicates. I just think that they've had a lot go wrong. They've had a lot of personal issues like I've covered. You know, they were never able to, you know, when guys were coming in and out, it was just it seemed like the absolute worst fucking time for any of that to happen. And on top of that, everybody knows they're getting a little older. The blue line has taken a significant step back. Uh we jettisoned a bunch of players for a draft stock in return, which looked good. Hopefully, this offseason, we can leverage everything that we've earned in this free agency and spend it all. And I think Brian McClellan will do that, even if it's overspending. Because if you think about it, who would you really want? What would you really want to happen? The GM to just do all he could, overspend and get an improvement, at least a on-paper improvement, than some of the guys in the roster right now? Of course you would. I don't see why you wouldn't, even if it's an overspend, um, especially if the contracts are short-term, which I'm sure they all will be. We're probably looking at a lot of like three- to five-year contracts at most coming into the Washington Capitals this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we got one-year deals, some show-me deals going down. There's a couple guys that I was just thinking of. It would be great to target for the Capitals. And, and of course, you won't. we won't really know until the I don't think things are really going to heat up until after the draft has happened. We'll see who is actually going to be on the team next year for everyone in the NHL. But Nick Schmaltz, I really like that guy. I think that he's kind of flown under the radar. I believe he was a Chicago draft pick, tore it up there, went to Arizona and got fucking buried, but still performs pretty well there. I I wouldn't mind a Nick Schmaltz. He's still kind of young. Get him on the Washington Capitals. And then here's another kicker. Here's another guy that I think that could play caps hockey. And we just saw him in Florida. It's Anthony Declare. I think that's a guy that would provide grit and get to the middle and some speed and some try-heartedness. I hope. Um, those are just two guys that I haven't heard a lot about, but I like them both and would love to see them in a caps jersey. Again. These are just the drunken ramblings of one sad Caps fan. So, just something to chew on. Tell me what you think. Next week's games, we are at home playing the Islanders on the 10th, followed up the next day by a visit to Boston. (laughs) And then in two days after that, we're playing the New Jersey Devils at home. So, we're finishing the the season at home. I don't think the Capitals are going to win a single one of those games. And I'm okay for it. Uh, after that, it's the end of the season, Caps fans. It's been a long, tough journey. I'll tell you what. Uh, it looks like the 13th is, what, a Thursday? So what I'll probably do is just cover these last three games as soon as the, the 13th happens. And then we'll I'll we'll look at getting some guys in for some interviews. Uh, and some league news, of course, will happen on Mondays. And I'll cover the playoffs a little bit. Um I do plan on continuing to record probably until the Stanley Cup's awarded, but episode releases might be sporadic. So just an FYI on that. Um, In any case, you look back and and we'll do deeper dives on this for sure. I'm going to need content anyways. But as of right now, I'm sure everybody's kind of a little, I'm a little bit in shock. Like the Washington Capitals aren't making it to the playoffs. What a sad time, but also kind of a relief. You know, a little bit of a weight off my shoulders. I can watch hockey stress-free and look forward to an incredibly exciting offseason. You know, it win, lose, or or fucking tie, this offseason is going to be nuts for the Washington Capitals. There's going to be a lot of movement. This team should, and I fully expect, will look different by next season. I 100% think that Brian McClellan is going to do whatever he can to field a playoff team from start to finish this next season. Now, fans, you look at the Washington Capitals' history right now, and we have been pretty fortunate. We've seen a lot of supporting cast roles go on to do better things. So that's great to see, like, hey, we did have a person who maybe in top three minutes would have thrived here, but – At the time, we had no flexibility in giving those guys a chance because of the mistakes that they would make on the ice, or you know whatever they needed to learn and develop into what they are today. So you have to really also think about that. Yeah, we let a lot of assets go: Burakovsky, Verona, you know all these all these guys: Chandler Stevenson, Siegenthaler, uh, both goalies this year. Um, They just needed more time to develop. And we, didn't, we weren't able to afford them that because we needed to win now. So right now, the Washington Capitals have a time to breathe. Manchester has a time to breathe a little bit. And they're in a very unique position where, hey, we didn't make the playoffs. It's a win if next season we make the playoffs. Because with this core, anything could happen. The Washington Capitals have been able to retain their core very tight, much like the Pittsburgh Penguins, throughout the entire Ovi era. So... I 100% think that's going down, though I wouldn't, you know, and I've done interviews and, and we've talked about this with Dan Holmey and, and I've been talking about it the last leg of this season. You know, you talk about big moves. Is it Wilson? Is it Kuznetsov? I mean, I think that Brian McClellan is fielding all options, but ultimately we've really got to target our, our get our scouting department on point and target players that whose teams are in a position to still be accepting draft picks and not want a lot of hockey trades going on prospects, maybe for sure. And so it's kind of the team that's kind of out of the playoffs, but on the up already on the upward swing. They're on the they haven't hit the bottom yet. So I'm looking for those teams that are on the upward swing or at least perceivably on the upward swing. You know, I look at Columbus, you know, what can you add uh, right now that would help you in the next couple of years? Arizona, always the case. What can help you in the next couple of years? Who knows when and where? And I definitely think uh, that we're going to have like a TJ Oshie esque surprise in the offseason as to who we're going to add. A guy who just we would love to have, but there's no way it's going to happen. And it's never going to happen. And then boom, all of a sudden, one day it fucking happened. And holy shit, that's amazing. So, silver lining to it all is, Caps fans, don't get too far down. Caps is the playoffs this year. It's going to be a fucking bloodbath in the East. We have a lot to look forward to and into and and, and to our hockey viewing watches. So until next week or until Thursday, I'm sorry. We're going to probably – I'm going to try to line up an interview. Uh, if not, I'll cover the games. Until Thursday, Caps fans, hope you have a great week. And it's Hockey Troll signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere check them out, or we're not friends anymore.